It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Understandably, a lot of Bengals fans are asking questions about the coaching staff and their ability to adapt and whether this is a lost season. It's early, though. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network here on Lockdown Bengals, where we're going to discuss today, really, the outlook for the rest of the season and what reasons there are for optimism, for pessimism, and everything in between. You can find us on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcasts. And if you're new to the show, you can subscribe if you like the conversation, if you want daily Bengals news and analysis as part of your life and become an everyday. And we appreciate every one of you who doesn't miss a day of the Lockdown Bengals podcast and everyone who makes us their first listen. James, we're going to talk about this through the lens of Bengals fans who are asking questions. And as we do from time to time on Lockdown Bengals, we, we solicit questions on Twitter. And A lot of questions today, unsurprisingly, about the future of this offense, about coaches, who's on the hot seat, is there confidence the coaches can adapt? So let's start there because I think it is a big conversation with many facets as the Bengals are underwhelming. It is one of the biggest separations from expectations to reality, which was one of the questions in the mailbag, spoilers. But Matthew Duffy, to start at MatthewJDuffy22 on Twitter, James asks, how confident are you in the coaching staff's ability to make big midseason changes to the offense and for those to be executed in games? Well, Matt, I, thanks for the question. I think there's a real chance that they're able to do that and find enough to, to get by. Look, this offense is not going to be a, a firework show for a bit. Now, hopefully they are by the end of the season. Hopefully they come together and are playing at a really, really high level when it matters most, but they're just trying to tread water and stay afloat uh, for the time being and really ahead of the bye. And the Titans, well, they, they deflated them a bit on, on Sunday. And so how do you rebound? I, I think there's a bunch of different things that are being talked about right now. And our subtexters, by the way, you can uh, check out our subte- subtext if you want. Um, but our subtexters found this out. And, and I know that this, I sent it on Tuesday. The Bengals are working on the game plan, uh, their coaching staff on Tuesday. They'll install it Wednesday. But I, I certainly think that they're aware that they need to change some things because there's a blueprint out now. And the Cardinals are going to want to blitz Joe Burrow. The Cardinals are going to want to get up on these receivers and and see what the Bengals do, how they react. And so I, I think there's a, 
a bunch of different things being discussed behind the scenes. We got the answer to the biggest one. Joe Burrow will be the quarterback. After that, I, I think they're they're open and that they're going to make as many changes as they can within reason to, to get the most out of this offense. And I had one person tell me earlier this week within the team, and I can comfortable saying this, we just got to win this week. So that's their mindset. And I know it sounds silly, but I think they're willing to do whatever it takes to win this week. So whatever game plan, however they have to piece it together, try to get a win this week. Right the ship, get the two and three, and uh, and prepare for your home game against Seattle. Yeah, I think it's a very difficult task for the coaches this year compared to previous years because your quarterback is playing at such a poor level compared to what you know he can do. And a lot of that does go to the injury or the fallout from the injury one way or the other. But <laughs> think about how they started last year in, in 2022. Their first four weeks, they weren't good on offense either. They had negative EPA per play. Through, through four weeks last year, they were 18th in the NFL with minus .023 EPA per play. And most of that was the running game. The running game was abysmal last year at the start of the year. The passing game was okay. It was top half of the NFL. Compare that to the rest of the season last year. They figured things out in the running game. It was one of the more efficient running games in the NFL for the last 13 weeks of the season or, or 14 weeks of the season. And their passing game was one of the four or five best passing games in the NFL, but they saw significant improvements in both the running game and the passing game in terms of efficiency from the first four weeks of the season to the last 14 weeks of the season. Last year, we talked about the noted change to the shotgun heavy offense. And this year, the difference is, is that, the passing offense is dreadful. And a lot of people are very surprised by that development, given how much we talked up these three receivers being the best receivers in the NFL, the offensive line improvements that we were expecting. And all of that is contingent on, one, those skill guys playing at the level that we're used to them playing at. And notably, I think T. Higgins has had a rocky start to the season with one good game got injured in week four and a couple of games around there that weren't so good for him or his connection with Joe Burrow. You can pinpoint that wherever you want. Some of that's on T week three or sorry, week. Yeah. Week three. Some of that's on Joe and your quarterback being the driver for this kind of offense mm -hmm. is the biggest issue. When your quarterback is playing like one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL you need to take something off his plate or he needs to get healthier and play better. I think that the approach so far has shown that the Bengals never planned on this thing going as far as it's gone. I think they wanted to try to survive a couple of weeks. And then when he re injured that calf in week two, they were really behind the eight ball in trying to figure things out, trying to adapt and now they are, as you said, James, in this situation where they have to do whatever they can to win. And it probably means changing things further and finding more adjustments to go back to week one. What did you say? You have to have answers when your guy that you've built this offense around can't be that guy. Mm -hmm. You don't have that, those right now, and they need them. That That's, that's where this coaching staff, that's where this team is going to show what it's worth. 
And they've made those adjustments in previous years. No doubt. And so do it again. And and it's harder this year. You're right. Expectations are harder. You're one and three. You're playing behind the eight. Like there's all these things. But Joe Burrow has has hidden so many different flaws for multiple years. And now he's flawed. And he's going to play. And I still get playing him. I know people debate back and forth. And so this leads into our next question at Mr unknown chef or at Mr. Underscore unknown chef, Alex, do you honestly see a turnaround in hopes of a playoff contention? I believe in bro. I just don't see much hope watching in these games and keep hearing about how it's a long season. Look, I, I I'll get to you, Jake, in just a second, but I'm, I'm going to be the last person that counts Joe Burrow out, but he can't be Joe Burrow right now. And he's still really smart. He's not turning the ball over, had the strip sack, but it's not like he's throwing a bunch of interceptions. He needs this team, this coaching staff to pick him up, these skill players to pick him up. And that starts with Jamar Chase. It certainly goes to Joe Mixon and T. Higgins if he plays, and it goes throughout the roster. Tyler Boyd, like Tyler Boyd, I need you to catch that over the middle. Like I just do. I I get it. It might be a tad long. I need you to make that play. Those are the type of things that I look at. So I think they're capable of turning it around. But if they turn it around, it's going to be different. It's not going to be on the shoulders of Joe Burrow, which it's been so often. It's going to be the opposite, where this coaching staff is able to scheme up just enough. This defense, it it figures out a way, and we'll get to it. And and this offensive line steps up. These skill players step up. Everybody around Burrow needs to step up. Yeah, it's not just coaching, as we've said, but that's certainly part of it. There were at least five play calls that I saw when watching the tape that just looked like they didn't have a chance from the snap. You're you're running all goes in situations where it's a bit of a head scratcher. And then on third downs, you're running stuff that looks like second down plays, first down plays, just trying to get half the yardage you need on like a third and six, third and seven. And it's just like, what, what are we doing? Um, so some of that is showing up and then you get the drops and you get the penalties and you get the, the quarterback play, you get each offensive lineman taking turns, losing immediately at the snap. You have free runners. So it, it's everything. And that does come back to coaching ultimately in the end. Um, a, a lot of things need to step up and they need to survive until Joe Burrow can be Joe Burrow again. Because if Joe Burrow can't be Joe Burrow again at any point this season, th- they're not a real contender. And, and that's the harsh reality of it, at least barring some incredible change to the way this team functions outside of Joe Burrow. Coming up next, are coaches on the hot seat, James? You just spent a lot of time talking about coaching. Let's dive into that a little bit more. Today's show is brought to you by eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. So whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire in season long leagues every week, we're going to provide you with players that are guaranteed to fit on your fantasy football roster. So let's see who Vinny has picked out for us in this week's eBay's guaranteed fit fantasy picks of the week and Bengals running back. Joe Mixon might be off to a slow start from a fantasy football standpoint with the rest of the team's offense as Joe Burrow battles playing through a calf injury and the receiving corps are shorthanded with T. Higgins dinged up. Cincinnati is in desperate need of a road victory on Sunday, and that's why you can lean on Joe Mixon in the rushing attack. The Cardinals have allowed ample production on the ground. Look for Mixon to get 80-plus yards and a touchdown. 
How about Vinny Iyer with some Bengals optimism? Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly from brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay's guaranteed price fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. And whether it's my Daewoo, Jake's Mercedes, they have you covered at ebay motors keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com ebay guaranteed fit only available to u.s customers eligible items only exclusions apply james a lot of people are asking about various coaches there's been a great deal of fire x coach tweets sent mm-hmm. off i'm sure facebook posts i'm sure instagram posts i'm sure people are talking about it in their offices at lunch one coach in particular who has been under the microscope and is the subject of this particular question from Johnny Snotnose on Twitter. Some of these Twitter names, man. Uh, Frank Pollock. Why isn't he on the hot seat? Asks Johnny. He hasn't produced since he's been here. And now with three of the five starting offensive linemen with Super Bowl rings, there's no excuse for bad production. He's the one constant with all these iterations over the years. Snot nose, snot nose, snot nose. Look at you just coming for calling for Frank Pollock's head. Um, look, the line didn't play great the other day, and I, I thought they had played pretty well overall going into to Sunday's game against the Titans. It's a really tough front. They were playing from behind a bunch of scenarios. Joe Burrow would obviously hide some of that too. We know that. That said, I, I I've seen it, and it's not just snot nose to be clear, and I'm messing with you, Johnny, but this idea that Frank Pollock, well, like who was he supposed to get more out of? Jackson Carmen? Cordell Volson? I think Cordell Volson has exceeded expectations since being a fourth round rookie from a one double A school. Okay. Now, this year, with the way we were hearing Ted Karras and Orlando Brown Jr. talk about him, I get it. It's been underwhelming. So we'll see. We'll see there. But it's not like he's had this stud. Like, it's not like Penny Sewell came here and he's bad under Frank Pollock. Like, so I, like his ability to develop, I think it's more of a drafting issue than anything. I do agree that, that the offensive line the other day was underwhelming and didn't meet my expectations, but I think Orlando Brown Jr. has been pretty good. But don't expect Frank Pollock to completely transform who Orlando Brown Jr. is as a player or who Ted Karras is as a player or even Alex Kappa, who he is as a player. Because those guys were pretty established. And you mentioned the Super Bowl rings. Yeah. And and you can win with those pieces. Clearly, it's proven. But And by the way, Jonah Williams, I think, has developed pretty well at right tackle and has, has played at a, at a decent level thus far. But when they get beat like they did the other day and you're watching your quarterback get crushed, especially at the end of the game, I get it. Some of the offensive line issues weren't necessarily on the offensive line. A lot of them were. Hopefully they clean them up and and they can be better this week. But I'm not in the fire Frank Pollock camp. I'm certainly not there yet. A midseason firing would be shocking for any coach on this team. I think period. 
given the continuity they have, the relationships that exist, these sorts of things. It is possible, however, and this is somewhat speculative, that Frank Pollock is in the last year of his deal. He signed as the Bengals offensive line coach and run game coordinator in 2021. We're not sure what the terms of that deal were. Those contracts generally are not public, but it would fit, you know, two or three years is, is generally what you see for position coaches and coordinators with the Cincinnati Bengals. I would say this, James, I, I don't know if, if Pollock is necessarily the perfect fit with this team anymore. This is something that I think Joe Goodberry has talked about as well. So I want to shout him out. So it doesn't look like I'm stealing his idea, but, when Frank Pollock was hired with this team, he came with a pedigree of being able to install the wide zone and, mm-hmm. and run the wide zone with with effectiveness from Dallas, from, from coaching under Bill Callahan, who's now the Cleveland Browns offensive line coach, who's thought of as one of the best offensive line coaches in the league. And almost immediately in Frank Pollock's tenure, they decided we're not going to be a wide zone team anymore. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have to run other things because of the personnel we have. And so is there a fit for Frank Pollock and this team anymore in terms of just his strengths and, and his background as a guy who's come from these offenses that like to get under center, run wide zone, run play action off a wide zone? I don't know. And, and that's a question I think that the Bengals have to ask themselves. I will give Frank Pollock credit for finding a way with this coaching staff to, to find efficiency in the run game last year. We just mentioned the, the biggest difference that the passing game was okay in weeks one to four. It wasn't great, but the biggest difference while the passing game got better was that the running game went from one of the worst in the NFL to a very efficient running game last year Mm -hmm. from week five on. So you give Frank Pollock credit for that. You give him credit for working with some pretty poor lines and getting pretty far into the playoffs and and for this coaching staff kind of working around that. But there, there are flaws. It's not perfect, right? Like the the free runners that we saw against Tennessee, we, we've seen too much of that over the years. We con- we consistently see the interior offensive line jump setting a lot, and that leads to some of those instant losses, and maybe that's a we- league-wide thing. But the, the thing that does seem peculiar is how deep the interior offensive line sets sometimes and, and how that gives Burrow nowhere to really step up at times in pass protection. So there are some things that I, I think are, are a bit different the way that that Pollock and the Bengals are doing it right now. And it'll be interesting to see in the offseason. I just don't think there's anything imminent changing in that particular job title for the Bengals. No, there isn't. And by the way, anybody that's praised Joe Mixon run game wise, well, he's the run game coordinator. So that 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 part does matter a lot. No one was happier that Frank Pollock got brought back than Joe Mixon. So I, I, I'm just not there. I'm not there. It's been a, this whole season has been a bunch of circumstances that stunk. The Bengals realized after week one that Burrow wasn't feeling 100%. And I think by the end of that Baltimore game, they were getting in sync and then he aggravated the calf. And now they're trying to tread water. He was able to put together a Herculean effort to play on Monday night football. And then they went to Tennessee and got their teeth kicked in. I mean, that's, let's sum it up. So they can't panic. They just have to figure out how to go to Arizona and win. <laughs> and that's it. That's it's really it. If they do that, then you you come home and, and you play a good Seattle team. But I think it's a beatable Seattle team, even though everyone's going to talk about the 11 sacks that they had on Monday Night Football. I think it is a beatable Seattle team. But first things first, they have to get by Arizona. But that's that's kind of where I'm at now. Like, let's not 
it just put on the the flashing lights and say it's an emergency. We don't know that yet. What they need to do is is figure out a way to win in Phoenix. And it is on the brink. And it's not just the offense. We're going to spend a lot of time talking about the offense today. That's what the big question is. But I do want to just make sure it is clear that this defense needs to play better as well. And and their tackling issues, their guys that look like they maybe have lost a step, generally aren't playing as well. There are guys we were hoping would take a step that we haven't seen that necessarily play out. The rotation and depth on the defensive line hasn't necessarily showed up as, as much as we would like it to. But let's talk about the defense a little bit next before okay. we get into yeah, before we get into it to other questions. We can squeeze some more questions in. But let's yeah. do that because I do I want to talk about the defense too. I'm actually more concerned about the defense. So let's do that coming up next. This episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. And if you've ever felt like your brain is getting in its own way, like you know what you should do and what's good for you, but you just can't do it, therapy can help you figure out what's holding back so you can work on yourself instead of against yourself. BetterHelp makes that very easy. You can fill out a questionnaire to get linked up with a therapist that is going to suit the kinds of work you want to do. And if that's not working for you, it's very easy to switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. It's entirely online. There are a number of different ways for you to communicate with the therapist you've been matched with. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So if you'd like to make your brain your friend, if you feel like it's getting in your way, try BetterHelp at betterhelp.com slash locked on. You'll get 10% off your first month right now. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked up. Today's show is also brought to you by Pierce Dental Group. And I love Pierce Dental Group, and you're going to as well. They have two locations, one in downtown Cincinnati, the other in northern Kentucky. And they are the premier dental group in the area, providing world-class experience and confident smiles to all that go there. Their downtown location was established in 1942. They are the highest rated dentist in the area with over 1,300 five-star Google reviews. Pierce Dental Group provides a wide range of services, cosmetics, dental implants, Invisalign, and routine care. That's right. Routine care right there at Pierce Dental Group. Go where the pros go and you'll see all the Bengals the Bengals memorabilia that they have. And yes, Bengals players go there. A ton of athletes go there. You should go there as well by visiting them online, piercedentalgroup.com, P-E-A-R-C-E dentalgroup.com or search Pierce Dental Group on Instagram or Facebook. Let's segue out of the mailbag for a moment and talk more about this yeah. defense. We, we've talked about the fact that they need to play better. In particular, it seems like they need to play better against the run. There have been tackling issues. There have been busted coverages. We've, we've actually noticed the safety difference. Dax Hill, while he's shown plenty of promise, has been a little bit up and down at times, and, and most notably that penalty on a third and 16, what was a rough one for Dax, but he certainly made plays. So it's not like it's all bad on the defensive side of the ball, but there needs to be more consistency. And, I mean, third downs, uh, mm. especially this week, uh, last week, I guess, and week four were, were a tough spot. You couldn't get off the field. I mean, there's still actually, when I did my post-game stand-up and was about to go on with you like hours after the game, they were still on the field and Ryan Tannehill was driving down. It was a 50,000-play drive 
that went on, Jake. And no, that's the problem is they 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 can't get off the field. I think they've been inconsistent really at every level, at every level. And you, you could say Trey Hendricks and DJ Reader, their standouts, they've been really good. You know, DJ Turner, Dex Hill certainly had his moments. But you look at every position group, and I think you're finding a, you, you could find a flaw with all of them. And, and that, to me, is the problem. And, and they need to figure it out because the way you win with a limited quarterback, and regardless of who it is, Joe Burrow or even to a greater degree, I think, for all those asking for Jake Browning. It's or AJ McCarron. Which is – that one is – that's impossible. Like, they would never do that this week. You know, so that's why I didn't really entertain it. And I know AJ's popular, and I like AJ too. I just think he's a few weeks away from being considered in that, you know, realm if they needed their backup quarterback but regardless of who it is if if it's hobble joe burrow or either guy on the roster you need this defense to be awesome and they weren't awesome uh, against the titans they were awesome for the most part against the rams after an early uh sluggish start they were able to to figure it out and force them to to a field goal and then boom they they hit the the pedal that you thought they would press, at least I thought they would press to start the season. And they were that defense again. And I thought we would see it against the Titans, and we did not. And so can they get back to that? If they do in Arizona, the Bengals have a really good shot. If they don't, it's going to be tough because Joe Burrow, while we usually see him win shootouts, I, I think it's a bit harder for that. And I'm not saying it's going to be a shootout with Josh Dobbs, but if you're giving up big plays to Ryan Tannehill and you can't tackle Derrick Henry at all, at all straight up, I mean – Jermaine Pratt was chest to chest with Derrick Henry, and there was just that was it. Henry got off of him and bounced off of him and kept going. If that if you're not making those type of plays, then this defense isn't what we thought it was, and this team can't win with a hobbled Joe Burrow or with any quarterback that they have on the roster. It is interesting this week, I'll say, because the the weakness of the Cardinals has been more the defense and the offense, which maybe is a bit surprising. Just considering they went defensive coach they've got <laughs> josh jobs playing quarterback nobody knows anybody on the offensive side of the ball there but like i said yesterday when we were talking to mike they've been very very good one of the best teams in the nfl running the ball josh jobs certainly part of that that is something the defense will have to prepare for but hopefully the bengals can take advantage of the the shoddy tackling the shoddy run defense the the shoddy corners like there's a bunch of spots on this defense that if the offense is gonna be okay you would hope to see it this week, and, and maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit there. We'll talk about that a little bit more as we get into the game with our crossover Thursday coming tomorrow with our game preview coming a little bit later this week. But let's dive back into the mailbag, James, for a couple of more questions here. Tasha B, 808. This one, I think, is a, is a quick one. I alluded to it earlier. If the Bengals stay on this path, is it the biggest expectations versus reality debacle in NFL history? For the first time in Tasha's long, tortured Bengals fan career, he was convinced they were going to be going to win the Super Bowl. And he's not the only one. Robert Mays was a, a, another notable national media member picking the Bengals to win the Super Bowl along with Boomer or Chris Collinsworth. Did Boomer too? Like there are a lot of people that, that talked themselves yeah. into the Bengals this year. Yeah. And first off, no, it wouldn't be the biggest debacle in NFL history. This happens a lot. If it, it if this does happen, it happens all the time. You're, Every other year, it seems like. And so, no, it wouldn't be. But it's not there yet. Like, they can still recover from this. And yeah. so, let's just let's just pause that. 
you know we're getting when should we do mock draft monday a monday 20 mondays from now it's not happening anytime soon just to that, be clear. that that's a spoiler as well that's jesse's question so oh, no time i didn't soon. know you i didn't know you favorited that one okay yeah, yeah, be, yeah. because i wanted that answer like it, it's no time soon there, there's a ways before we're talking mock draft monday like one in seven maybe maybe at that point but we'll see jesse leffler leper on on twitter had just that go to arizona and win the dang game yep and then and then there's some time you, you know you, you get to the buy here pretty quick you, you feel like you've got things going in the right direction for seattle we'll see how we feel at this time next week we might feel awful at this time next week about the trajectory of this team but i just wanted to say that it, it for the bengals might be one of the biggest expectations versus reality differences in bengals history might be. it's cert- it's certainly up it's there up- like a- after the 88 team 89 they weren't as good um in in 81 they went to the super bowl 82 they were good but there was the strike so it impacted them but they still won the division um there's the only time and they'd won the division back-to-back years until 21 and 22 so it's um yeah it's it's tough and expectations are really really high and i still think it i still think they can figure it out like i'm not i'm not punting right now I, i wouldn't punt i'm not looking at draft picks i'm not thinking about it I'm not tweeting about potential receivers that they could get really early. Like some, like, and I've seen all that floated and it's like, all right, let's just chill. Can they go to Arizona and win? And, and we'll go from there. If they don't, you're right. I think I'm going to feel real different. There's no doubt if they lose to Arizona, whether it's 20 to three or 20 to 17, if they lose in Arizona, it's going to feel much, much different, but it, it, uh, it doesn't have to be the, the season is over yet. And I, and I think this team knows how important Sunday is. So we'll see if they can come out with the right game plan. And, and a lot of that is, can Joe Burrow play better? Whether that's game plan, whether that's the plays that are called, whether that's his health. When your quarterback is playing the way Joe Burrow is playing, it is very hard to win in the Pistol. NFL. Yeah, I mean, they, they keep teasing us, right? Last question. For the mailbag here comes from Mr. Nev, Mr. Irish Red. What is the percentage of blitzes the Bengals are facing this year compared to the last few years? And I haven't charted this myself, so I just went and checked the PFF data for blitz rate year over year. So far this year, Joe Burrow is being blitzed 32.7% of the time. That is 12th in the NFL. Um, You compare it to some very crazy stuff like Gardner Minshew, when he was starting for Indy, being blitzed 56% of the time. Jalen Hurts being blitzed 50% of the time, which seems crazy to me. Brock Purdy in, in a, and, and Justin Herbert, 49 41% of the time. So there are some outliers there. But Burrow certainly on the higher end this year. Compare that to Patrick Mahomes getting blitzed 14.8% of the time this year. And you might be wondering, well, why are teams blitzing Burrow this year? Well, it's because he's averaging 4.8 yards per attempt win blitz this year last year teams were terrified to blitz joe burrow he was blitzed the fourth least in the nfl at 25.8 percent and still performed pretty well had 13 touchdown passes on blitzes last year that's a against 207 blitzes last year completed 65 percent of his passes for seven and a half yards per attempt all of those numbers 53 percent completion percentage this year all of those numbers down this year so yeah, not shocked, not shocked by that at all that they're down and they will go up, 
but they need to give him a little bit of help so he can get healthy. And they need to stop letting two free runners into the play. Joe Burrow getting hit as he's throwing in his throwing arm. I I don't want to see that anymore. Like when you're getting to the top of your five-step drop and you're getting hit or the top of your three-step drop and you're getting hit, this isn't supposed to happen with this offensive line, with, with this offense, with the protection stuff that we should have worked out by now for the Cincinnati Bengals. So we'll see if that can get better. This would be a great week for that to bounce back. Not as ferocious a pass rush, although there are some guys on this Arizona team that we'll talk about in the next couple of days that can get after the passer. So not a cupcake, not the way it looked at the beginning of the season, I'd say, for this Arizona team. But again, the Bengals certainly need to win and, and should win still based on where these teams are in their respective team building cycles. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Crossover Thursday coming up tomorrow as we shift to week five. Until then, thanks for listening and have a good one. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.